0: Welcome to Athletes on Balance, where we talk to athletes, coaches, and experts about mental health and sports. This is a stigma-free zone for inner thoughts and outer conversations. We're helping athletes and anyone with mental health challenges perform at their best on and off the field. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Athletes on Balance. I'm your host, Walt Norley, founder and CEO of On Balance Health. Today, I'm joined by Nick Saban, head football coach at the University of Alabama. Nick stands alone as the only coach in college football history to win seven national championships, six of those with the Crimson Tide, eight SEC championships, and he's a nine-time recipient as National Coach of the Year. He's coached four Heisman Trophy winners and hundreds of players who have gone on to enjoy successful careers throughout the NFL. collegiately and previously, Nick was the head coach at Toledo University, Michigan State, and LSU. Nick also spent eight seasons in the NFL, including two seasons as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Nick's a graduate of Kent State University and played defensive back for the Golden Flashes. Aside from all this significant success as a coach, he's also responsible for making Alabama the gold standard in mental health care for student athletes within the NCAA. This is actually a cause that's near to myself as I've managed a bipolar disorder through my four decade business career. And perhaps even in my playing days as a quarterback at Ohio state in Georgia for full disclosure, Nick and I go back 40 plus years when he recruited me to play at Ohio state, Nick became a friend with my family, including my mom, my dad, my sisters, Pam and Missy, and my brother, Todd, who played quarterback at Syracuse. Coach Saban, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Glad to be here, Paul. Good to see you again.
0: When did you realize that you needed to place an emphasis on the mental health side of the student athlete as much as the physical health?
1: Well, I think it started early on for me, even when I was in graduate school. You know, I was interested in different kind of psychology of sport. What I sort of got my master's degree in, so things like achievement motivation, high anxiety, how this affected performance. So that kind of started an interest, even in moral development, all those types of things and how it can impact your ability to perform at whatever you choose to do. So when I was an assistant coach, didn't have a lot of chance to implement it other than having great relationships with players and you know trying to help them the best I could. But then when I became a head coach at Michigan State, Got to meet a lot of people, Dr. Rosen in particular, who's worked with me for 30 years now probably, that really sort of gave me a lot better understanding of the importance of how you can't really separate somebody's physical ability from their mental approach to what they're doing. And those two things go hand in hand. Everybody's not made the same way. So sometimes it takes a little different approach for, you know, various kinds of guys. And that's one of the things that I think has helped us be successful, you know, through the years is we've been able to take the individual and coach them and teach them in a way that best serves them and where they needed help in some area mentally, whether it was something as simple as a learning disability or something beyond that, we were able to address those things and put them in a better situation to have a chance to be successful.
0: So if you go to modern day with your history at these different schools and throughout your coaching Career tenure. What are the most prominent issues you've seen with today's student athletes compared to 10, 15, 20 years ago?
1: First of all, you know, we uncover a lot more mental situations. Some of them have a greater effect and impact on something as simple as doing sleep studies on guys and understanding if guys have sleep apnea and how that affects their ability to succeed in school and how it affects their ability to focus. I mean, obsessive compulsive behavior. How do you approach a guy that has that kind of behavior versus a guy that's not a self-starter versus a guy who has personality disorders, who creates behavioral issues for himself that sometimes doesn't realize cause and effect and how that can impact his future. So identifying these things early on in players and you know, helping them develop some kind of a protocol for them to be able to manage their circumstances and understand who they are and anger management is something that comes up oftentimes. But I think the two things that are most prominent now is players understanding of cause and effect, which is a pretty general deal. But then also I think being able to manage adversity. I don't think maybe people grow up in this day and age, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, you know, having to overcome adversity and adverse circumstances or when adverse circumstances are created. But yet in a competitive sport and life is competitive, you have to be able to overcome failings and understand what it takes to do that and how it's important to keep some kind of a positive outlook on things that you can do to solve problems and not allow these things to put you in a depressed state. But I do think that's something that maybe is a little more apparent in modern day athletes than what it used to be 10, 15 years ago.
0: Well, I'm sure that technology, cell phones, social media have all had a strong influence on that compared to 15, 20 years ago. Do you recall a former player that might stand out to you that had a successful mental health outcome after having challenging times?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we just had a player graduate here, Jimmy John's, who was in the program probably 15 years ago. I had lots of issues, lots of mental health issues. We tried to help him in various ways. Uh, He went through some very low points in his life, but he kept coming back and showed a tremendous amount of perseverance to address issues and problems that he had, got his life turned around, just graduated from school, and I'm sure we'll have a better chance to be successful. of it. But there's been a huge number of players that just athletically were not able to sort of perform because of some, I'm going to call it a mental block, prevented them from being the best version of themselves. Whether it was lack of confidence, not wanting to disappoint other people, you know, not seeing themselves in a way that would actually allow them to sustain success or be successful because they just had this negative trigger that always held them back and created a lot of frustration for them, a lot of anxiety for them. and Those things affect performance in a negative way. So there have been a lot of guys that have learned how to do that. They went on to be successful and have successful careers, whether it was in football, in the NFL, or in other things. And I think that's one of the most important things that we need to do as coaches. We all can recall someone who was a great mentor for us that impacted our life growing up, whether it was family or, you know, some other teacher or person or coach. And uh, that's one of the things that I've always tried to, to do is I had great mentors. I want to create the leadership to be somebody that these guys can emulate by setting a good example, but also caring enough about the issues that they have to try to put people in place that can actually be expert enough to help them understand the consequences of what they do in a positive way as well as a negative way.
0: Well, you've spoken to me about it, and I know this is something that is part of your overall philosophy in developing the student athlete and the football players that come into the Alabama program. The development combination of an athlete and a person, and I assume there's an intersection here to your point earlier, between mental health development and athletic performance. No
1: question. I think it's huge. You know, one of the things that I try to do with the players more specifically to football is, you know, I really want them to be goal oriented. I think that gives you a sense of purpose when you have something that you want to accomplish, something that you want to do. And this is not just athletically. This is personally and academically as well as athletically. But then I always ask players, why did you come to Alabama? What do you want to accomplish here? And they'll say, well, I want to graduate and play in the NFL someday. My next question is, what does that entail? Do you understand what that entails? So I'm trying to get them to understand process, to be process oriented, and then move over here and say, okay, how do I have to edit my behavior so I can do these things that I need to do to accomplish the goals that I have? But then one of the areas that I don't even think players understand sometimes is you got to have the discipline to execute it every day, regardless of what it is. So I'm trying to make guys be able to self-assess. So I ask them, why did you come? Do you know what that entails? And then I'll ask them in another conversation down the road after they've been here for a while, do you feel good about where you are and the goals that you want to accomplish? And if they say yes, I will say, well, why do you think that is? again, trying to get them to self-assess. And if they say no, I say, why do you think that is? So instead of me telling them, I want them to tell me to create a self-awareness, which I think can carry over in a lot of things that they do. But this whole concept of discipline is something that I think is important in athletics, but I think it's important in life because You know, doing what you're supposed to do, when you're supposed to do it, the way it's supposed to get done. That's important. But self-discipline, you know, we make hundreds of decisions every day that really just come down to two questions. Here's something I know I'm supposed to do that I really don't want to do. Can you make yourself do it? And over here, there's something you know you're not supposed to do, but you want to do it. Can you keep yourself from it? Well, if you can make those choices and decisions correctly on a day-to-day basis, and that starts when the alarm clock goes off in the morning, you start making those decisions. I think that's going to help you have a chance to be more successful in executing a plan to actually have a chance to accomplish the goals that you have. So this whole concept of self-awareness, I think, is something that is very important to players because they realize some of their shortcomings sometimes and then makes them more conscious of wanting to do something about it, whether it's seek counseling talk to some of the psychiatry people that we have here to give them a little better sort of mental disposition on how they need to go about some of the things they do to overcome some of the obstacles that they create for themselves. And I think we all do it just to a different degree. And how we manage those things, I think, is really important to be able to be positive and keep looking forward, not backward, in terms of how you go about making progress toward accomplishment.
0: You know, everything you just mentioned to me is that intersection between mental health, behavioral health, and discipline that leads to lifetime benefits. But obviously, I would assume performance out on the playing field as well. You mentioned a little bit earlier mentors. You've inspired countless people, players, former players, coaches, your organizational stakeholder group, and I would say you've certainly inspired me. Who has been most inspirational to you in your journey?
1: You know, first of all, I had really good parents growing up. They instilled some really good values, I think, that were helpful, whether it was work ethic, having compassion for other people, how you treat other people, you know, pride in performance, doing things at a high level, being a perfectionist in a way without creating this anxiety of, creating a mental block and not being able to take any risk or be risk aversive when you need to. So I had really good parents, but I also had some really good coaches. My high school coach was great. Don James was my college coach. Coach James had a similar approach to athletics, which gives you an opportunity to have a chance to do all these things, but it's usually something we all love to do. Like you were a quarterback, you love to play that position. you love to throw the ball you know, I played that position, I played defensive back. So you have a chance to set goals for what you want to do. You have a chance to have pride in performance, understand the importance of discipline to be able to execute and do your job, be accountable to your teammates and other people. So many things that you can learn in athletics, but Coach James took the approach that these opportunities in athletics led you to be able to create these same values that would help you be successful in life, which has always kind of been my approach with players. But, you know, I kind of learned that from him. And then, you know, I've just been around a lot of really good people. I mean, some people you learn that, man, this is a really good thing to be like this person. Like Wayne Huizenga, the owner of the Dolphins when I was the coach. He was a fabulous person, had great character, had great compassion for other people, even though he had self-made wealth, but never lost sort of his identity of who he was and how he treated others. So, and there was some people that I won't mention any names that you actually learn that I don't really think I want to be like that. I don't think that's a good thing, whether it's being arrogant or, you know, totally sort of self-absorbed and doing things that actually help you and hurt others. So, I've just had the opportunity to be around some really good people and learn something positive from George Perlis was, you know, a great people person. Bill Belichick was extremely well organized and made you define characteristics that you could look for to get the right kind of people around you. But then, how do you sort of help them develop as well? So, uh, I've been very fortunate to be around so many good people, but probably Dr. Rosen who I think hates me to mention his name who's a psychiatrist at Michigan State clinical psychiatry there has been somebody I've worked with for a long time and when it comes to understanding human behavior I've never encountered anybody that has greater expertise and that's been very helpful to me learning from him to understand how you know other people may function in a more positive way
0: to that thread, do you still feel like you continue to evolve and get educated on human behavior and the mental health elements out there today that are maybe new to today's generation?
1: No, I don't think there's any question about that. I'm learning all the time. I'm learning about football all the time. I'm learning about people all the time. I'm learning about human behavior all the time. And I think, you know, we live in a sort of a rapidly changing world. You know, you mentioned social media, which... To me, that creates a huge, I don't want to say it's a distraction, but, you know, when you get involved in that and you're worried about what everybody else thinks, that can affect you in a positive way or a negative way. And sometimes it's really pretty insignificant information that you're allowing to affect your day-to-day life. I've never sort of gone down that rat hole, but I call it rat poison. You know, I've, I've seen protected. you. I've
0: seen you all on the podium saying it,
1: and it can affect you even if you're having success. You know, you don't deal with success very well. You get complacent. Complacency creates a blatant disregard for doing what's right. Next thing you know, you're not doing what's right. So you're creating bad habits. Those habits start showing up in your performance, and uh, you get frustrated. So you're sort of in this unsuccessful path of. How you're managing issues and it all got created by what somebody else thought that really shouldn't have any impact on what you're doing how you feel about yourself and how you go about whatever it is you're trying to accomplish
0: well coach i appreciate your time and speaking with me today and i also very much appreciate your insight on this very important topic i thank you for joining And I actually thank you for everything you're doing with these student athletes and their growth as people as well as athletes. I believe what you're doing benefits these people for the rest of their lives and has a a lifelong impact.
1: Well, and, you know, I think, Walt, you hit on something there. It's just part of human beings that we don't want anybody to think we have anything wrong with us nor that what we're responsible for is maybe not going right. And I learned this, and the best analogy I can give is there's the largest Mercedes plant in the world is right out here in Tuscaloosa. And I've visited that plant many times, and they have a clothesline that runs through the assembly line. And for quality control reasons, that clothesline's purpose is if there's something that you're doing on that line to that car that's not perfect. The screw doesn't fit right, the part doesn't fit right, whatever it is. They want you to pull the clothesline, stop the line, and have the engineers come out and fix it so that they don't make a whole bunch of cars that are not quite right. I said, oh, that's interesting. I think that's a great quality control concept. I said, what is the biggest issue? I said, getting people to pull the cord. Nobody wants anybody to think that what they're responsible for is not going exactly right so this goes right along the lines with the stigma that you talk about of people not wanting to reveal an issue that is very treatable that could be very helpful to their future but it's part of the human condition that hopefully by awareness we can all help people overcome that
0: coach it's been a pleasure again speaking with you i I appreciate your great insight on this important topic. Thanks so much for joining me and thank you again for all you're doing to help student athletes get back to optimal mental health for competition, as well as the classroom. And as they say in Bama Nation, roll tide. Finally, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Stay tuned for more episodes coming shortly. Take care everyone, I'm Walt Norley. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Athletes on Balance. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please follow us on your preferred podcast app to catch our next episode. Join our community by sharing with an athlete, mental health care provider, or coach in your circle.
1: This has been a production of Twin Flame Studios.